Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast recording on a Friday, April 1st. Damn, it's already April. One quarter already in the books. Here's strolling right along. There's... The ongoing, possibly naive hope that things are improving and going to get better. Then there's also the cold, hard reality that things are still kind of the same. Still two organizations representing the people's interest in this country. And one of those organizations, their platform, their legislative agenda is Donald Trump won in 2020. There shouldn't be a cap on the cost of insulin and stuff like that, you know, and, and kind of still kind of focused on tax breaks for the wealthy and corporations and cutting funding to medical care. And then at the same time, pretty harsh punishments to people who seek out certain types of medical procedures. That's kind of what they're about. A lot of rhetoric, a lot of kind of vote for me because the other one's bad, uh, but then offering nothing, you know, and for whatever reason, there's still tens of millions of people that really dig that platform, the we're going to do nothing with our power except talk a lot and then pass laws that benefit wealthy people that have no benefit to working class people at all, and in fact, have quite a bit of a detriment you know in this country it's still not a right to go to the hospital if you're sick or need medical treatment it is not a right you got to pay for that even though it's a need that everyone has in this country one of the organizations representing our interests in this country is primarily focused on making sure that the middleman between you and the hospital called a health insurance company, continues to remain profitable. That's their, that's their first and foremost concern when it comes to health care. Not so much whether or not health care is available to the masses, but more how do health insurance companies continue to retain a profit? And how do they continue to pay their CEOs and the exec- board of directors massive bonuses and salaries? And how do they continue to pay a dividend to the shareholders? That's the focus of a health insurance company. It's not to keep you healthy. It's interesting. The power of marketing and messaging and advertising to convince people of certain things that aren't really what that company's objective is about. Blue Cross Blue Shield doesn't care about you. They care about earning a profit, and that's their purpose. The Republican Party is gleeful to protect those kind of companies' interests. Trump is still around, somehow, some way. You know, he's still kind of lingering around. It's amazing. It's uh, you know, embarrassing. Well, as well, of course, it's disconcerting. It, it's it is what it is, kind of thing. You know, they're, they're, how much information needs to be revealed about the man before people stop supporting him? I don't know. Is, is there a breaking point? Are we reaching it? You know, 
is the sheer just volume of just kind of uh, baggage that the man has that clearly demonstrate that he's not qualified to represent the interests of the people finally comes clear and, and people finally start realizing that yeah you you were duped you know he, he's a con man and uh, he, he does not care about protecting your interests he's just pretending to so that he can be famous and have lots of money he'd probably have lots of money and fame even if he wasn't a political leader if you want to call him that but uh, you know he was able to uh, get a lot of power while being president and was able to get away with quite a bit, even more than he got away with before when he was just kind of a D-list celebrity. And so the chance to do that again is something that he's very hopeful he can do. You know, have virtually unlimited power, have an organization with massive amounts of power that just kind of lets him do whatever he wants. And then, you know, we pay him to go golfing at golf clubs that he resorts, or golf resorts that he owns. Not a bad deal. You know, he, does he have any real specific requirements on how he spends his day and what he devotes his time to as president? Not necessarily. You know, he, he abused his power, was impeached twice, will go down as the worst president in the country's history, and yet 70 million people voted for him when he ran for re-election. 70 million. It was just a little over a year ago. About a year and a half ago, almost, you know. Donald John Trump, who prior to running for president in 2016, had zero experience. None. That's what it said on the official ballot. Experience. None. There was third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth party candidates that at least had some kind of elected experience. But Donald John Trump, nominee of, the, of a major political party, not one of the lesser third, fourth, fifth, sixth parties, but one of the two main options had none experience. And, and the, he was the Republican Party's best choice, they felt. A guy with no experience. At the time they'd ran for president in 2020, he was, a, he was a game show host. So, I don't know. Kevin McCarthy is still the Senate or the House Minority Leader. Mitch McConnell still the Senate Minority Leader, and uh, there's a chance both of those guys will become the respective majority leaders of their respective houses here, because their Democrats have been in power for a while. So now it's going to be time to switch back to the Republicans soon, because we only get two options, and that's just how the pendulum swifts, shifts, it swings one way and then it swings the other way. Democrats are a wide mix of political views. They're all kind of all over the place. It's not a monolith. And that's kind of the... It's another elephant in the room thing. The Republican Party is the organization that in recent years became completely and solely devoted to the interests of Donald John Trump, a, a famous con man going back several decades prior to becoming president. was a president, was a host of a game show. Prior to the host of a game show... He had bankrupted six different companies, cheated on his wives, had a cameo in Home Alone 2, frequent guest of the Howard Stern Show, 
and appeared in WWE events. He was kind of a D-list celebrity guy. Yeah. Modern day Republican Party is solely became solely devoted to that guy several years ago and hasn't really been able to shake loose of him yet. That's kind of their platform, Trump. Doing so alienates the majority, but the way we elect people in this country, it doesn't really matter the total number of people who support a particular candidate. It's just kind of how the district is etched out in certain states that may only have less than a million people or barely a million people voting have the same level of voting power in the Senate as a state like California with, you know, 30 million people voting or more. So the Republican Party really relies heavily on that. A sort of misallocation of voting representation or something, you know. What's the total percentage of the populace that supports the Republican Party? It's not... It's most likely not anywhere near 50%, but that's about what their control of the government stays at. Part of it's a mindset. Republican Party, preserving the republic. What is the republic, though? That, that, that's, that's where you can kind of get into the weeds and stuff. What is the republic? Who are the people? You know, Democratic Party, ideally, it's representing the interest of the people. Republican Party, representing the interest of the Republic. But what is the Republic? And that's where kind of the rubber meets the road. Modern-day Republican leadership views the Republic as the estates and the businesses owned by the wealthy, preserving those at all costs. That's the Republic that must be preserved. That's what's so sacred. It's not so much... The rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of the people. That's not their primary concern. That's not what their, that's not even really what their rhetoric is about. Sometimes they'll kind of try to pretend, kind of, sort of, that that's what they're about. But not really. They kind of mail it in when they try to pretend that uh, they give a shit about the working class people, you know. They, are, they oppose a certain law, or, or there's a certain provision in a new bill that says that insulin is going to be capped at 35 a month. And they say, we support that particular provision, but there's other parts of this bill that we're not going to support. So then the Democrat Party proposes a bill that only has that part, that one part that they said that they support, and then a good portion of Republicans vote no. So they're kind of two-faced. You know, when, when presented with, okay, you, you say... You like this? Okay, we're just going to create a bill just with that one thing. And then they'll still vote no. It's all just it's all just a game. It's all just gamemanship. How do you retain power? And that's it. That, that's it. It's not... How do you use the power that you've been given, bestowed? How do you use that to better people's lives? You know, to improve the quality of life for Americans. That's not really what they're about. But every day new information gets revealed. It's, but at this point it's kind of like, 
I mean, this is where we are as a society, you know, people do things that are bad fully out in the open, and they just don't really, time just kind of goes along, and as time goes along, enough time passes, people kind of lose interest, the motivation to hold those accountable kind of wanes, and then it's like they just kind of get away with it, and then they do it again. Our country can't afford to have another Trump, whether it's him specifically or one like him. Um, that, that, you know, you can only have so many aspiring fascists, you know, lead a democratic society, you know, and be given power before you start turning into a fascist country. And we have, we, we got the beginnings of it during the, the Trump era. You know, we got a little tease of it. Thankfully, he's kind of a lazy, stupid man uh, who's extremely incompetent. You know, if, if those attributes were different, um, you know, our, our society would be in a much darker place if he was far more motivated and ambitious, you know. But he's a, he's a very lazy, incompetent, stupid man, you know. And it's kind of the elephant in the room thing, you know. He, he's not a bright guy. He pretends to be. Because he's so, so wealthy. And he's so wealthy because he was born wealthy. But thankfully, he is stupid and lazy. Because, yeah, it could have got real bad. It could have got much, much, much worse. Vladimir Putin is a man who is of similar ethos to Trump, but just far more ambitious and thereby far more scary and dangerous. You know, he's, he's invading another country and then claiming that that country is ruled by Nazis. Uh, and, no, the similarities to the Nazis are certainly the modern-day Russian army invading another sovereign country and then murdering civilians, dropping bombs on civilian populations and stuff. Pretty egregious, horrifying stuff. Amazingly, there's some in the Republican Party that support Putin. And amazingly, many of them are saying that they're support of Putin because they think that that'll get them reelected. That's how they got to get reelected. It's amazing the power of messaging. It's amazing what people will believe if they're tuning into certain news sources and then those sources are telling them certain things that make them think that supporting Putin would be on the right side of history even though you're not you know what he's doing is wrong you know you got to be kind of defend you got to be pretty definitive about that what the, what Vladimir Putin is doing is wrong it's evil you know he, he is murdering people he's ordering his army to murder civilians okay he's committing war crimes he needs to be removed from power obviously and ideally though that removing from power and being replaced by a human um, has to be done by the by Russia. You know, it can't be because then it it, it doesn't really heal the situation. Russia's not going to accept some sort of puppet being placed into their. But so they have to be the ones to solve this situation. You know, where they have a sociopath that's ruling their country who probably feels like the walls are closing in, you know, hence the uh, meeting with his security council and he's 40 feet away, you know, and he, 
because he's scared. You know, he knows the walls are closing in. He went too far. And it's just a matter of time before he gets removed. And it may, you know, ideally just like some of the dictators from past where they're just sort of arrested and brought in, brought in for sentencing or something, you know. I don't know if he, he's going to go out like that, though. I'm hopeful that there'll be more candidates that get more coverage who are pro-health care and education. This isn't progressive, hippie, leftist stuff. It's pretty basic nuts and bolts kind of things. We already have hospitals and schools. So hopefully there's more candidates in the future that support the funding of hospitals and schools. So that when people get sick, they can go to a hospital, get medical treatment. And if people want to get more schooling beyond just basic secondary education, they can go get it. You know, if their grades weren't that good in high school, or even if they only have a GED, they can go to community college for a couple years, get their associate's degree, and then transfer to a four-year. Total cost would be nothing. Yeah, so a higher percentage of the population, the workforce, who is healthy and educated... Yeah, sounds good. Are there going to be fewer people willing to do crappy minimum wage corporate gigs? Probably. Yeah. And, you know, you know. Um, but that's the thing, you know, the, the most primary concern for many in political power is to make sure that the Dow Jones Industrial Average continues to go up by quite a bit every year. Who gets the gains from that? The, the people who own those companies. If you don't own those companies, you don't get shit. You're not getting anything. Even if you work for those companies, their value going up doesn't mean that you're getting a pay raise by that amount or something, you know, by that percentage. No. No, you're just an expense. You're a vital expense, one of many, but it's kind of the collective, and hence the need for unions sometimes, because each individual person is completely expendable, but the entire workforce as a whole is vital, and the business, the business ceases to exist if everyone stops going to work, obviously, and hence the corona times when, because many people were supposed, you know, mandated to stay at home and isolate and stuff, many businesses were forced to close down, because, you know, they, they didn't have any workers that could work, and people couldn't come into the restaurant and stuff, so... I hope, uh, it, I mean, it, it would be difficult because there would be all kinds of sort of counter rhetoric and propaganda, but I, I hope someday there will be, like, many more unions forming. The Fast Food Workers Union. All fast food workers of all the various fast food chains across America, all of them collecting, all the tens of thousands of people, predominantly young, working for fast food, all collectively form a union, and none of them show up to work. All, however many tens of thousands of people who work at McDonald's, Jack and Box, Burger King, Wendy's, Taco Bell, Taco Time, Arby's, you name it, Carl's Jr., all the various fast food places, if none of those places had any workers showing up, how many days would it last take before those corporations would start paying those people a living wage? How many days would it take before they try to replace all 10,000 of their however many employees with 
scabs or whatever they're called. The, you know, people that will break the picket line. I don't know. And, and what kind of rhetoric would the Republican Party leadership engage in to try and say that the whole fast food workers across America demanding to get paid a living wage, some sort of benefit from the companies that they are working for, you know, these are companies that are massively, massively profitable, and that profit is, is certainly contingent upon many people showing up to work, cooking the burgers, cooking the food, selling the food, you know, collecting the money. Without those people, there is no business. You know, those those businesses have not been completely automated yet, or, you know, a robot can just run the whole restaurant all by itself. Maybe you have one employee that just kind of is mostly just like a customer service kind of representative or something. Just kind of one or two humans are in the store to kind of interact with customers. But every, all the cooking and stuff is just done by machines and stuff. May very well come to that with those corporations, but they're not there yet. So they are heavily reliant on people. People that they pay a, a pretty much an exploitive wage... You know, seven fifty an hour, no matter where you're living in the United States of America, is not enough to survive. Whatever the intention of minimum wage was, that's irrelevant. You know, um, minimum wage was never intended to be a living wage. <laughs> Whatever its fucking intention was, um, that people are working and part-time or full-time or whatever, that they, they, they need to earn a decent wage. And especially if they're working for a for-profit un- entity, where some of the, you know, people running said company are making millions of dollars a year. Okay. You know, if you, you got a CEO making $25 million a year, there's not really any excuse to be paying huge portions of your full-time employees less than 30 grand a year. That, that's not right. You know, there's something wrong with that. And if the CEO's salary has to drop from, oh my God, $25 million down to $15 million, freeing up $10 million that can then be paid to the employees so they have a living wage and thereby don't have to rely on federal assistance, it's far more efficient. You know, so one of the ways you do that, you have like billionaire taxes, wealth taxes, marginal taxes, taxes that are exclusively focused on those, those exclusive group of people, the top 2%, but really the, the sort of really tiny tenths of a percent in the, the upper extremes where the, the, the income levels and the total wealth size of that top 2%, there are massive differences. It jumps up massively, those, um, that top 2%. You know, the person in the 98th percentile, total net worth of whatever, several million. The top tenth of a percent, you're talking billions. You know, it jumps up exponentially among that top 2%. Whereas the bottom 98%, you might have a few hundred thousand difference between, you know, people in the very low, virtually bottom of the socioeconomic ladder, virtually no, zero net worth. That's where I'm at. And then the people at the 98th percentile who are maybe in the hundreds of thousands, maybe even lower millions in net worth. You know, quite a bit, worth quite a bit more, but... Not quite the difference between the 98th percentile and the 100th percentile, or the 99.9 or something. Those are massive differences. And so the easiest way to sort of make sure certain foundational nuts and bolts things of a society are paid for 
is to make sure you, you just start with taxing the, the fat, the excess, the overindulgence. You, you start with that. People who are overindulging, obviously and clearly, way above and beyond, exponentially more than even a wealthy person, than even like a successful person, you know. You start with taxing them, those outliers, because the main reason is because it causes zero hardship to them. It wounds their ego a bit. You know, if you, if you tax a billionaire at a higher rate, they might still be a billionaire, but that total net worth number might be a smaller number after they pay that tax. And that's going to affect their ego. But the money generated through taxing appropriately high extremely high income individuals and extremely highly profitable massive corporations multinational corporations it's not double taxation because a corporation is a corporation the person who owns the corporation is an owner of a entity so it's not double taxation the, the corporation gets taxed, and you, the person who owns the corporation, if you're receiving dividends and stuff, or you're receiving income, whatever income you receive as an individual, that's your individual income. The corporation pays its taxes. You receive income. You pay taxes based off of your income. It's not double taxation. But, main thing, you, you start with that. And then you fund, you fund the foundational stuff. Foundational, not safety net, foundational. So people can build off appropriately. Not something to catch them if they fall, but something to build off of. You know. And the foundation is just that. It's a foundation. It is not a safety net. Meaning if you fall, it's still going to sting. You know. Like if, you, if you work your way, way up. And then can make some poor investments or something. Yeah, you, you'll fall and it'll sting because you're going to hit the foundation. But that's as low as you'll go. Just the foundation. And then you can start building yourself back up again. Safety net, you'll kind of fall and it'll kind of... It'll kind of... You might dip below the surface and then eventually it'll kind of slowly ease you back up. You know, it's a net. It bows down, you know. Foundation, yeah, you'll hit the hit the ground and hit the ground hard, but that's as low as you'll go. And then you can just pick yourself up and start building up again. You know? And maybe if you have a good sturdy foundation for our society, you yourself can build a, a, a nice little foundation on top of that so that that's as low as you ever go again. And the thing with a lot of wealthy people is they've been able to build a foundation that's uh, 300 stories high. While the rest of us are, you know, have a foundation that's ground level. And we're kind of looking up at a, this massive skyscraper that's 300 stories up in the eye. Tallest building ever in history of human civilization. And it's, uh, you know, it's kind of daunting. You know, how they get up there? And that's as low as they can go. It's almost impossible for them to fall any lower. Because there's all kinds of various tax provisions and loopholes created for them. So that even when they fuck up and make extremely poor business decisions, it doesn't matter. They can just almost use it as a as a benefit. You know, Donald Trump was horrible at running companies, and because of that, he was able to avoid paying taxes for years, even though he was a millionaire. That's got to change. There needs to be a cap on how much you can deduct 
from your taxes because you suck at running businesses. You know, there needs to be a cap that's way less than $100 million. I lost $100 million because I had $100 million to spend. And I chose to spend it on things that were stupid. You know, well, that tough shit. <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, you chose to spend your money on stupid things and to run a company into the ground. How that means that person who's a millionaire, supposedly, possibly even a billionaire, can avoid paying taxes for decades is just kind of insane. You know, we got to change that. You know, there needs to be limits on how much millionaires and billionaires can deduct from their taxes and for how long because they're not good at running a business. You know, because it that deficiency in our tax code allowed a man who was a corrupt businessman fully out in the open to continue to ascend the political power structure, you know. And it's, there's just something off about it. You know, why, why was this man not only allowed to stay aloft, but was actually able to, like, elevate even higher, despite being completely incompetent and... That's why he's known. He, he, he is famous for being a corrupt businessman. Not a successful one. I, I, where does that even come from? Who, who is it that started that myth that Donald Trump is a, a very successful businessman? Who, who started that? Where did that come from? Because in the early 1980s, mid-1980s, when I was a child and still just kind of learning about the world... I already knew that Donald Trump wasn't, like, successful. I couldn't quite put my finger on why he wasn't, but he certainly wasn't someone to aspire to. And it seemed like that was pretty clear, even way back then. It was kind of like, he's just this guy that you have to hear about from time to time because he's wealthy and he likes to be famous. And so we're, we're going to hear about him. You know, that that's, what is he doing now? And they're going to talk about it on the news. You know, he's got a new business. All kinds of businesses that open up all the time. Some that close and go bankrupt. For whatever reason, for many decades, the ongoing, the ongoings of Donald Trump's various business ventures became news. You know, he's selling steaks at an electronics store. It's going to be talked about on the news. He has a new university that he's creating, Trump University, <laughs> that people are actually paying money to go to and stuff. He's created this foundation that's supposedly philanthropic. Now, all of it is just bullshit. You know, the Trump University is just a scam to try to collect people's money. And it's, it, again, it's, it's fully out in the open. It's not, but we're a buyer beware society, you know, so people can warn you against spending your money at a certain place and say like, you know, you shouldn't give money to that because they're not really what they're presenting. But if you do it anyway, well, that that's your choice. You know, that's, that's how we roll. You know, um, you choose to make stupid decisions, then you got to deal with the consequences, you know? So sometimes there's some recourse, like, you know, Donald Trump fucks you over, you can sue him. 
but he has a very, uh, you know, vir virtually bottomless checkbook that can pay for attorneys, although sometimes he doesn't pay his attorney bills, and then later on when the shit really hits the fan for some of the stuff he's doing, he has to kind of go with the C-list attorneys who, you know, are, are still willing to defend a client like Trump, who says all kinds of random shit all the time and kind of, uh, is, <laughs> just a pretty bad client. I, I couldn't imagine having to try to defend the interests of that guy. It would be a pretty tough assignment. Not really much to defend about the guy. So I don't know. It's April though. Where I'm at, it's spring is kicking into gear. I'm starting to get into uh, it's a bit of a calm before a storm. I'm working full time, five days a week. As a prep cook, line cook right now, and soon I'll start up my second gig as a uh, housekeeper at a vacation rentals. And I'll probably just be working six, seven days a week for as long as I can do it through hopefully the fall and at the end of the fall a nice season bonus um, because I'm a working class person so I, I have no piggy bank or real true retirement account to dig into and things get harsh I had one for a little while but things get harsh and then you got to dip into it and then it, it's down to almost nothing you know will I ever retire that'd be nice but this is America and you're on your own and nothing's guaranteed except death and taxes and uh, the taxes part, that's that's a guarantee that, yeah, you, even, if, <laughs> even if you pay more in money in taxes than certain millionaires, that might not be enough. Your tax bill, you know, you might get a letter from the IRS saying you didn't pay enough in taxes, even though you paid more than a millionaire did. Kind of crazy. Donald Trump paid 750 bucks in federal income tax in 2017. 750 bucks. Last year I paid just under three grand. I have nowhere near a million dollar net worth. My net worth is probably negative. You know, I might have to sell off shit in order to pay off a fucking tax bill for 160 bucks. You know, welcome to America. <laughs> Do I have health insurance? Fuck off. Are you kidding? Like, who the fuck could? It's um. So I, for me, it's more just I do what I can to stay healthy, knowing that like, yeah, I, I'm not paying 250 bucks a month, and then if I do get sick, I got to pay more money still. It's just so it's a, it's a certain gamble, certain risk, but it's like I I don't I can't afford health insurance, I can't afford to pay for a for-profit company's overhead costs. You know, like I don't. So there are things I want to spend my money on. So if I'm going to spend my money on healthcare, I'm just going to spend stuff with, that works for me to keep me healthy and exercise well, drink plenty of water, eat healthy, and just realize that I'm kind of on my own. You know, it sure would be nice to get the six-month checkup every, you know, every six months. Go in, make sure everything's good. That costs money. You know, you got to pay for that, even though it's a need. Even though every Every human should get regular checkups, and every human at times needs medical assistance. It's just the reality, you know. People get injured and sick, and but 
we're a society that kind of values capitalism sometimes over more the making sure that people can access their needs you know people need health care and so that, that there was a point at time where people a group of you know profiteering types were like how do we make a profit off of that need people need health care it's a certain fear of getting sick and not knowing what to do you can't just go to the doctor and then take care of you and then you get discharged and go on with your life money has to be exchanged hands and what if you don't have any well then you're fucked yeah because that bill's not going away it's going to hang with you and if they have to send it to collections and fees get added they'll do that yeah if they have to start garnishing your wages they'll do that too if once it goes to collections and stuff yeah then just kind of depends on uh who who buys the debt pennies on the dollar and then adds various fees to it and says that you owe massive amounts of money with huge portions of that cost being just sort of overhead arbitrary costs just sort of added you know collection fee several hundred dollars several thousand dollars just a fee that's just arbitrarily assigned to help the profit of another entity and that because each each entity down the line has to get its cut you know very convoluted stupid system you know it'd obviously be far more effective if our society simply paid for hospitals and medical staff directly to make sure that we have adequate medical staff and medical centers hospitals healthcare clinics optometrists dentists to take care of our population when they need those medical services I'm going to pause there for a sec because that's how it has to be kind of explained. We need to make sure that our people can access medical care when they need it. The easiest way to do that is to fund hospitals, medical care, medical clinics, and the medical professionals who work in those places, funding those directly. That's how you do it. Health insurance companies would certainly become far less viable and far less profitable. And that would be certainly a sagging sector of the economy, the health insurance industry. Specific types of health insurance, the, the most common. Pay us money every month, and then when you get sick and have to go to a doctor, we'll pay a portion of the bill. You know, that supposed service obviously is in far less in demand if, say... In a, in a society where we are funding hospitals and medical professionals directly through the public funds, you know, there's adequate medical professionals taking care of people. In that society, when you get sick and you go to a doctor, you, you go to the doctor, they treat you, you get better, and then you go on with your life. Where does that health insurance company hit, fit in? What is it that they're paying for? Nothing. Yeah, because you're not paying the doctor, that publicly funded hospital. You're not, you're not paying them any money. They're treating you, and then you're going on the way. The doctor makes a good living, six digits probably. Heart surgeon, brain surgeon, you know. They make a really good money. The nurse, 
doesn't make minimum wage, but doesn't make six digits either. They've been doing it a while and have various accreditations. Maybe that nurse's income is in that like 65 to 70 range, maybe even. Who knows? But that first year one, maybe they're, it's in the 35, 40 or something. And then you can go up over experience of various accreditations and stuff. So in other words, not a flat income thing where like nurses make the exact same amount as a brain surgeon because that's called socialism. And that's not what our society would be where we're funding hospitals and medical professionals directly. The various medical professionals would have a bell curve of incomes. Some would make a whole lot of money, the higher expertise, higher whatever requirement, more, you know, the required that you go to medical school, become a doctor, they would make more money. The people that got, you know, went to nursing school and became a nurse, a little less, but still very vital job and all that, they wouldn't make quite as much, but they would still certainly not have to be relying on federal assistance or anything to survive. They would live comfortably. And our society can easily afford it. Again, we have billionaires with a B, and each billion is 1,000 millions. We have individual human beings in this society of ours who are billionaires. What do they do with that billions? All that massive amounts of money? Jeff Bezos went to space. That's what he did with it. No, he didn't build a hospital. We have to understand that People with billions of dollars, yeah, they, they can do whatever they want with it. They can be sort of encouraged to do the right thing, but a lot of times they don't. It's their money, quote unquote. They earned every penny in their mind, even though obviously they didn't. Okay? There's certain expenses that they didn't have to pay for. The organization that they own doesn't pay their people enough, and then those people have to rely on federal assistance to survive in many cases, especially the owners of fast food corporations and such. They pay their workers dog shit, and then those employees, it struggles, it makes it tough to survive. I like the idea of a society allowing the people to achieve their best potential and, and making it a more fertile ground for people to do that. An easy way to do that is to fund hospitals and schools directly and to make sure that the citizens of this country who feel like who need medical treatment can go get it when they need it. And if they want to get more education, they can go get it. You still got to go get it. You still got to go after it. You still got to put in the work. Like if you go to, I went to Eastern Washington University. That's where I got my bachelor's degree in marketing. Alma mater of Cooper Cup as well. Super Bowl MVP. He's a little bit younger than me, though. Um, so I didn't know him while I was in school or anything like that. But, uh, you know, the reason I got a degree is because I went to class, put in the time, I studied, I took my exams, did well in my exams. You know, it took me a while to get my bachelor's degree, but I put in the work. I passed my classes and did, did what I needed to do. That's the thing to keep in mind with the investing in public education. If you choose not to get a higher education, that's your choice. If you choose to get it, that's your choice. You still have choice. What you choose to, which tools you choose to use that are available to you as a citizen is up to you. And how much you want to invest in yourself, you know, is up to you.
you know. Especially for those that the main thing preventing them from ever earning a degree is simply the cost, and that's a lot of people. I know a lot of people that certainly could have benefited from a college degree, were certainly more than capable of earning a degree, but just never did because they were born into the lower rungs of the socioeconomic ladder and just the idea of college just seemed kind of maybe absurd. No one in their family had ever gone before. And how do you afford such a thing? And I don't want to go into debt and borrow money to go to college and et cetera, et cetera. But they were certainly more than capable of being one of those people that has a college degree and it only would have improved their career. But it was just not truly presented as an option. We got to change that. We got to have more of our people who are healthy and educated. It's going to help our society become more efficient and less, uh, well, hey, less susceptible to marketaganda and propaganda and, and just uh, nonsense, you know, this uh, strange fascination with the Republican Party, you know, it, where does that come from? Now for a bit of a... 180. I'd be a remiss, remiss, whatever, if I didn't at least comment on the thing from the other day, because everyone has their two cents. The Will Smith thing the other day at the Oscars. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Man, I remember when when I first saw that video, I was like, "There's no way it's real." It's got to be like either a deep fake or a stage thing, weird. And then you want, it's like, holy, the, just the the awkwardness of it and the, the sanity of it. Kind of, and then I'm like, it's amazing how one incident can just kind of completely change your entire perspective of a person. And then at the same time, kind of reinforce your perspective on another person. You know, Chris Rock's a cool man. To the way he had, I don't, I don't even know how he was able to handle it the way he did. You know, the actor who played Muhammad Ali in a movie comes storming up to you as you're telling a joke, and as you see him coming up, you're not scared or anything. Like, why would he be coming up there to hit you or anything? Like, maybe he's just coming up to mess with you a bit. You gonna say something? Yeah. And he actually hits you. Like, I'm kind of worried about Will Smith. Like, what's going on with him? You know, uh, that can't just go away, you know, and like, that's what he's going to be known for now. And unfortunately, it's also what Chris Rock's going to be known for now, too. That's fucked up. Like, what was, that was just, um, it's like an entire career, just kind of, your entire perceptions of a certain person just kind of like, plop, and then. Kind of like wondering, like, was he just playing a persona the whole time? Is that who he really is? This sort of thin-skinned, overreactionary, prone to violence type? Is that what he really is? I don't know. Was it all a lie? His whole shtick, his whole persona that he puts on for the public? He's front row at a awards ceremony. <laughs> you know, he's a fucking movie star and has been one for a long time, you know. Well-respected, world-renowned, makes 
tons and tons and tons of money. His wife is dealing with an issue where she's losing her hell, but she's still a very beautiful woman who cared. And, and she's kind of showing up. It's like if she was really self-conscious about the losing her hair thing, she would put on a wig or something, you know. But she's wearing it proudly. And she looks good. She's still an attractive woman. Like, Jada Pinkett Swift is a, a very attractive woman, you know. It's, I'm more just kind of stating it as a fact, you know. Bald hair or not, like, who gives a fuck? Like, and Chris Rock knew that. And that's why he was able to make a joke about Because it, it's like, everyone has something. And Jada Pinkett thing is like, she, she doesn't have all her hair. So what? It's like, she's still gorgeous. It doesn't really matter, you know. That was a weird incident, because it's like she kind of got this look on her face. Will Smith initially laughed, and then he kind of looked over, saw his wife was annoyed, and then so then he storms up and slaps Chris Rock. He's got to face some kind of consequences. I totally understand Chris Rock not wanting to press charges to make this situation, but it's like, you can't just allow a guy to <laughs> slap a comedian at an awards show because he said a joke, a fairly innocuous joke about his wife. Something that's been tradition at those awards ceremonies for quite a while now to kind of make fun of movie stars a little bit, you know? They get paid millions of dollars a year to pretend, to have fun, and yeah, it's work being on a movie set, I'm sure, yeah, but it's a different kind of work than like building fences or digging ditches or working as a line cook or whatever the other kind of menial jobs I've done over the years. It's like, gotta thicken your skin up a little bit movie stars holy shit like it's kind of embarrassing sometimes how far removed they get normal person goes up and slaps another person assaults another person because that person said something that's called assault you know and if you do it on national tv and you're wearing a nice suit and you're a movie star apparently that's totally acceptable it's just kind of weird. You know, that shouldn't be allowed. But our society is just in a weird place. We're kind of, I don't know. It's like there's more and more that are like just kind of seeing what they can get away with. You know? Who's who's going to stop me? Who's going to hold me accountable for doing something bad? You know? I don't know just don't know anymore but it's kind of but with will smith though more a little bit more of my mind goes is just a, a concern for him like is he doing okay like because that that whole like walking up that's several seconds like what's going through his head that like that's a like a premeditated thing he, i'm going to go up and like He's going up to Chris Rock on national TV. He just said a joke. Chris Rock sees him coming and kind of responds to it. Hey, but and then he sl- and then he escalates after that. He's, he's, he don't you know he's f- calling, yelling back and forth and stuff. It's like and then the weird acceptance speech. I only saw a bit of it, and it's just kind of what's going on with that guy, you know? Maybe he needs to like. I'm just kind of worried about him, you know? I mean, I was I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when I was a kid, and so I've been a fan of his since, like, over 30 years now or something, you know? 
West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. I was not born in Philly, though. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, but still love to sing that opening song. So hopefully, hopefully there's some kind of very, but public kind of truly squashing of it. And hopefully also like Will Smith gets some counseling or something and maybe has some kind of sabbatical or something because there's something going on there, you know. There was no kind of... The voice of reason that, that there was none of that in that whole sequence that kind of stopped that from happening, and there was nothing. So that that's worrisome. So hopefully he's all right, and uh, you know does more to remedy the situation instead of just sending out a text or tweet. You know, you got to do something far more grandiose. You fucked up pretty bad and really tarnished your reputation on the world stage so you're gonna have to do better better than just sending out a tweet so hopefully he does that and because uh, yeah a lot of respect for both of them it's a very unfortunate incident that both are going to be remembered now for weird so anyway, I think I'm going to call it there. Hopeful for uh, an upward trajectory this year for my own personal life and for the country as a whole. Hopefully, uh, yeah, Trump era is winding down. Hopefully we're in the final weeks, months of the Trump era. <laughs> but I'm not going to hold my breath. Stay safe out there. This is Gary, thinking out loud.